Hello and welcome to The Flow, a podcast created by Taboo Period Products, a social enterprise that sells organic cotton products with all profits and advocacy efforts dedicated to ending period poverty. My name's Ophelia and each week I'll be in your ears with one of our Taboo co-founders chatting about the topics that Taboo cares about most, health, well-being, gender equality and of course, periods. Before we get into the rest of the podcast, we want to make it clear that we are not doctors, specialists or professionals. If you are worried about anything we discuss in today's podcast, please seek help from a qualified professional. Welcome to the first episode of The Flow, guys. Yay! Hello. So today I am joined by both of our Taboo co-founders. We've got Isabel Marshall. Hello. And Eloise Hall. Howdy. Uh, have we been told that our voices sound quite similar, Eloise and I? I'm Ophelia, by the way. So I'm, I'm Eloise. Yeah. yeah. And I'm Izzy. <laughs> the, the outlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to kick off this first episode, we're pretty much just having some good chats. So we're going to be talking about what Taboo is, what we do at Taboo, um, why we started this podcast, and just a bit of a chit-chat about why we love periods, why we decided to focus the whole company around it. Yeah, we're I having say we like I did that. I did not. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> Big part of the process. <laughs> um, let's kick this off with the first thing that our listeners are actually going to hear when they hear this recording. A bit of an explanation of our intro song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Weez, do you want to get, kick us off? Yeah, um, so the intro song was actually designed for our Tag Your Taboo campaign and it's a very fun poppy song and a fun fact, all of the sounds in the song are of our product. So it's like the the tampon box shaking and the pads ripping open and the tampons being cracked open. It's all all our product mm. and then um, our fabulous friend Peter has done the music and the, and the jingle. It's fun, a bit, bit poppy. Yeah. Yeah. It's vibey. Like as it's playing, we're grooving here. Hope you guys are at home. We also have a pump up song that we play that is not to be related to really set the vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll, re- we'll, we'll reveal that one day. Maybe. What the one pump day. up song is. It's, it's, it's filthy. Got, it's filthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a filthy beat. <laughs> so Izzy, can you tell us what Taboo is for those who don't? know who we are and have never heard of us before. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, you may have uh, gotten the gist of it in Ophelia's amazing intro to this podcast, but Taboo is a brand of period products. So, at the moment, we're selling a range of organic cotton pads and tampons to Australian customers, uh, and then all of our net profits um, are dedicated to our charity partner, who makes sure that women in Sierra Leone and Uganda uh, stay in school and also stay in employment um, and don't have periods as a barrier to those two things. So our mission at Taboo is to eradicate period poverty. So obviously we've got our our profit dedicated to those guys um, and and that uh, reaches our mission in one way but then we also have an arm of Taboo that's more focused on advocacy and campaigning and that is um, primarily about uh, reducing the stigma attached to periods because the stigma is really uh, what has caused this topic to be silenced in a way that has uh, not progressed um, the, I guess, the way we deal with, um, approach and perceive what menstruation is. And so that's a huge driving factor to period poverty in itself. Mm. Well, it makes sense that we started this podcast then if we're trying to kick that stigma. That's it. Mm. You know, periods happen to half the population and they're the reason everyone is alive. Like, oh, yeah. 
Just, you know, just small things. Just little things. <laughs> little roles. So, and, um, yeah, no one's really got an excuse to say that periods aren't important to them because they're, they're important to human race and, and, and every mammal. Yeah. So, yeah, we're just really keen to normalise it mm. and the podcast will be fun. It's, it's going to be a fun way to normalise yeah. all of the different elements of periods and, and beyond and hopefully we get some good insights from other people as well. We have so many hectic, fun in-depth chats about periods and and other things in the office. Mm. I'm keen to share the conversations that we have. Mm, Definitely. Absolutely. And we'll be talking, obviously, well, we're, we're trying to reduce the stigma of periods, but also talk about them in like a really positive, interesting way because they are so powerful and they're very interesting. Like the menstrual cycle in itself is phenomenal, mm. the way it all works together. Um, and what I've loved talking about in the office is how we can take advantage of those different spikes and different hormones throughout the cycle um, and use it to our advantage as opposed to trying to fight against it. And that's often what you do when you don't actually understand yeah. what's going on in your in your body. Mm. Or just hide it. Like mm. there's so many conversations that happen when you're a young person, like, oh, this is what you do to like make sure you don't bleed onto your skirt and all the rest. Mm. It's very blanketed yeah so Mm. we're kind of keen to rip the blanket off Mm. and just chat about it in a in a good way Yeah. yeah well you guys mentioned all the conversations we have in the office and I feel like that's exactly where this podcast really spawned from like these conversations we will have of like one of us going to a doctor and being like oh the doctor said this this and this yeah and someone else being like oh my doctor said this and this and then we just kept talking and eventually we were like wow why don't we more people know about this yeah you know oh, like it's so common and yeah. oh I only yeah I feel like I've learned so much from you and and anyone in the team about like actually being active in your menstrual well-being mm. and healthcare, and then making those learnings and then talking about those learnings. It's so surprising and cool to know how many people have the same experience but don't know mm. the vocabulary or the experience shared by other people as well. Yeah, and also the best way to learn about this is through storytelling. Mm. I feel like that's exactly how we've gained the wisdom that we have mm. like from our mothers, aunties, grandmothers, mm whoever and everyone who's come before us it's Mm. through storytelling I feel like this is like weirdly deep but I feel like storytelling is one of the main things that like that uh discerns us from any other animal (laughs) do you know what I mean (laughs) like unless I don't know maybe cats and dogs tell stories to each other but I feel like we're particularly interesting in that respect yeah (laughs) because we learn from it yeah it's pretty weird to think that we share like periods with animals, like look at a goat and be like, I know. Hey, uh, I get you. Same, mate, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think something that um, we're really hoping to um, discuss in this podcast is kind of just questioning things that we have been told about our bodies for so many years that just have not felt right mm. and question them, go against them, challenge them, maybe affirm them in a lot of situations, mm, yeah. maybe they're, they're correct, but... Um, just kind of give space to talk about these things. And as well, I think shamelessly make them more of a mainstream topic as well because we kind of owe it to young people to make sure that people have the best opportunity of life and when period, you know, something, an experience that affects half the population so constantly is so full of shame and stigma and this judgment, we need to remove that and make it like a mainstream conversation so that we all have, you know, the the right access to healthcare and services and products and mm. conversation and rights really. It's a it's a human rights mm. issue. 
And some of the topics that we discuss won't have a black and white, right or wrong answer, but just bringing in different perspectives as well, which I know is one of the goals of this podcast, will mean we're more empathetic to other people's experiences as well, Mm. which I think is really important. And just less ignorant. Like, Mm. you know, ignorance is bliss, sure, not the case when it's when it's such a pinnacle part of the human experience Mm. let's make it normal yeah um well one thing that we have been doing in the taboo office that i feel like has really slammed the door open (laughs) on talking about periods and also tuning into our bodies a bit more is um this concept of inner seasons so we want to share this with you guys our listeners because we're really hoping that it's something that you can practice in your daily life and chat about it with your friends um your mum your sisters anyone who bleeds um and i feel like it's the best way to be in tune with your body be kind to yourself and have more of an understanding of what others are going through it's a super helpful team dynamic thing as well like to have a conversation with someone you know whether it's in a serious light to understand what season they're in Mm -hmm. it's just so so much more helpful Mm. so they correlate to the hormones as well and that's the important point I guess different hormones make you feel different things yeah exactly make you respond to things in different ways yeah I feel like our listeners are like what the hell are they talking about (laughs) okay Um, is the secret no (laughs) (laughs) but basically um so this concept is not something that we've come up with at all it's in so many different books it's a a lot on social media there's a lot of conversation about it but basically it's uh this idea of relating the phase of the cycle that you're in to um, a season. So you start off with uh, your period, bleeding, and that's winter. So the best way to remember that is it's raining in winter and, you know, you're bleeding in winter. There's liquid (laughs) falling. Gravity (laughs) is taking place. (laughs) And during winter time is a time that you're hibernating, you're repairing, you are kind of reflecting yeah you're (laughs) reflecting on what was and you're looking forward to what will be and it's such a nice time to give your body a break you know a lot of people refer to a period as your flocation which I really like that idea I love it yeah Yeah. and you're just really easy on yourself I feel like often people are oh I've got my period like but I need to do I need to stay consistent with my working out you can, but you just need to like lower the intensity maybe mm. or, you know, eat a little bit more because your body is doing a lot more than it usually is. Like it's literally shedding its lining. Of an organ. Yeah. Like it's exactly a huge undertaking. Yeah. So that's our winter. And then we go from winter into spring. So that's your follicular phase. That's directly after you finish bleeding. It's it usually goes for about seven-ish days. This is all relative and everyone's cycle is going to be different. But I like to think of spring as the time where all of your little eggs are <laughs> rapidly growing. And it's like the seeds are being planted, you know, like <laughs> the flowers are blooming. And um, this is a time where you might start noticing your skin is improving after p- possibly like a menstrual purge. Your energy levels are rising because your estrogen levels are rising. That's correct, isn't it, Dr. Izzy? <laughs> yes, in my professional opinion, <laughs> as a baby doctor. <laughs> but, yeah, that's um, helping to increase your mood as well. So because your energy levels are going up, this is a great time for you to maybe start incorporating that harder exercise or um, you're really starting – this is a good time to start planning for things because you've just come out of that time of reflection winter. Now you're going into spring and you're like, okay, what does this next phase of the cycle look like? How am I going to kick these goals that I want to kick? So – 
I love spring personally. I think it's such a fun phase because I really like feel those energy levels going yeah. up. Mm. And then you've got summer, which is ovulation. Woohoo! Hot girl summer. <laughs> <laughs> so this is when you are producing an egg for fertilization. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the egg yeah. comes out of the follicular phase, like the egg's yeah. getting ready in spring and yeah. then it like pops out in ovulation yeah, ready actually i can speak to this <laughs> a couple of eggs grow and then one is selected and lucky yeah um the lucky egg is and then it grows further and then when it gets to a certain point and each and then the estrogen reaches a threshold then it pops out um and oxytocin levels also rise throughout estrogen rising mm. so um, is estrogen wa- rising in spring Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So and if you're it's peaking in summer. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm like a visual person. So if you have it like on a, on a ruler, say, and in the middle is ovulation, that's when estrogen is peaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when the little egg pops out. Um, and throughout that process from zero to 15, if you're on a 30 centimeter ruler, <laughs> then um, <laughs> in correlation with the estrogen rising is oxytocin rising which is your happy hormone so it makes total sense you're you're feeling good you're feeling confident positive and you're looking forward to the cycle ahead yeah this is where you are peak hot girl summer Mm. like you're you're feeling yourself you this is like it's no what what's the word no secret no coincidence it's no coincidence there we go <laughs> well it's, it's gonna really explain in a second when I say what phase I'm in for why I just can't speak today but um yeah it's no coincidence that this is the time when you're most fertile because your body's like put a baby in me yeah. I thought you're gonna say it's no coincidence that like people post selfies on a monthly cycle and they're like Do they? feeling the- I people- completely made that up oh, but that's interesting but it would like- be interesting to see what like how people's photos that they post correlate to how they're feeling because of the cycle. Yeah, we should do a study. We should. Let's become Any academics, academics listening, uh, here's a study for you. Yeah. Please get in touch. We have no funding. <laughs> <laughs> we could pay you in tampons. <laughs> but yeah, so summer is a great time to be social as well. Like this is where you are making plans, you're going out, you're willing to chat to new people and then you hit... Autumn. Can I ask, before mm. we move to autumn, how long does summer go for? Like, is it just the day that you ovulate or is it like a few days before and after? So it's basically, so like ovulation is your one day, but you have about five or six days leading up to ovulation, which are, um, that's that's your fertile window. Right. So you could really consider that also as summer. And really like at that point, you're estrogen levels are much higher than they were in spring right so it probably is um probably about a five day summer okay cool it makes sense because you don't just feel great one day no yeah i mean some people don't (laughs) some some months maybe maybe (laughs) but then yeah so after summer we have autumn and that's our luteal phase so this is where your estrogen levels are starting to drop and testosterone is going no not testosterone progesterone is going up. That's right. So your progesterone is going up, which means that you are no longer feeling some of those happy hormones that Izzy was talking about before. Now, it can be really easy to think of this phase as your PMS phase, like you're just a raging bitch 
<laughs> during that time. But I want to completely go against all of that because your autumn time is the time where you're no longer putting up with bullshit crap. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of the parts of your life that you don't that don't no longer service you are coming to light, mm. and this is the way for your body to say, "Hey, we don't want to put up with this anymore." Whether it's you know with people in your life, whether it's with a routine or um, maybe something that you had put in place during springtime mm. that you were like, oh, this is going to be great, but then it's really, oh, uh, no, it's not really going to work out. Yeah. Once autumn's done, we're back into winter again. So it's this really, it's a cyclical cycle, obviously. And I think that ever since that I've become in tune with it, I have become so much more tolerant with myself I'm much more understanding of how I'm feeling or why you know I was able to go to five Pilates classes in a row two weeks ago but this week I can barely make one Mm. or you know I'm at work and I can't focus properly this week but next week I'm going to be you know kicking all my goals so I think that it's a great way especially for young women who have so much pressure on themselves to just lean into their natural cycles and Cut yourself some slack. And if you have testosterone, um, that actually fluctuates on a 24-hour cycle, Mm. uh, peaking in the morning and at night. Yeah, I I find it interesting because that is definitely more reflective of the way our society um, functions on a 24-hour clock. Mm. Um, And it's interesting to think about um, what life would look like if we paid more attention to our monthly cycle and worked around that instead. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, before puberty, did all kids run on a 24-hour cycle? I just remember being, like, really exhausted by the end of school yeah. and then having heaps of energy in the morning. It would be interesting. Yeah. A note for... Another academic paper. Well, that kind of <laughs> makes sense because menopausal women are... I've, I've just read this before and I could be completely wrong, but are more hormonally similar to men by the... T- like, once they've hit menopause right. than they are to premenopausal women so it might be the same with mm. yeah pre-puberty yeah mm. interesting mm. interesting concept mm. well anyway the whole point of that conversation was because at the beginning of every episode we're going to be asking each other which season we're in and maybe you as listeners will be able to tell which season <laughs> we're in <laughs> maybe at the end or like season two we'll do it at the end like guess which season yeah we could do giveaways that way <laughs> True, I like it. Um, But yeah, so let's kick off this first episode by asking, what season are we in? Weez, do you want to kick us off? I am uncertain and I was going to, you know, give it some thought and prepare, but I thought I'd just chat through why I'm uncertain. Firstly, I have a really long cycle. It's about every six weeks instead of every four. And I've only recently started tracking it and it's about 36 to 38 days long. And I do, I, I do want to go just chat to a medical professional just to see what's going on because life's fine. I don't have really any other pointers to anything um, like endometriosis or any other irregular period stuff. Uh, point being, I think <laughs> I'm still in spring, but I could be entering into summer. So I'm not sure if I've ovulated yet or not. And generally I can feel when I ovulate. And that That's hasn't awesome. hit yet. Yeah, it's like a, a strange period pain. And because my cycle is quite long, I think my period's coming early mm. and then it will kind of pass over, over a day or so. 
Um, so I don't think I've ovulated yet, but I'm probably walking into summer soon. Nice. That's and a good phase to be in. So good. Yeah. And it, it's been really um, like settled. I feel quite grounded. I've just come back from annual leave, so I'm feeling extra grounded. Mm. But it's a certainly a good phase as well to take a holiday. Definitely. Um, I think if I was to take my leave in winter, maybe – it would be different. I don't know. Mm. But that has something to do with the fact you're in the middle of the desert and it would be Maybe. really <laughs> impractical to have your period. That. Will, you'd make it work, but it'd mm. be difficult. Yeah, you, you would make it work. Mm. Well, our product's cotton, so I could just burn it. Mm. There you go. Yeah. What good product. Yeah. <laughs> Izzy, what season are you in? I am about the same, actually. And we haven't synced for a while yet, but I think we are because we've got different cycle lengths. So, cause, mm. so I'm... Uh, pretty regular four-week cycle and I'm about to come up to ovulation so I'm in spring um and actually this is weirdly similar to you but <laughs> I also um can feel when I'm ovulating mm-hmm. usually it's just like a a little discomfort on one of um either of my sides either of my two sides <laughs> like I have multiple sides <laughs> and I'm feeling quite um quite good mm-hmm. yeah I'm feeling pretty energetic and I also feel like I'm making decisions a bit easier Mm. at the moment I don't know maybe that has has something to do with clarity or something I think so Mm. I always find in spring I'm uh less indecisive Mm. and I'm very yeah I feel very clear on what I want Mm. and maybe in autumn I'll undo all of that but, but then for it's the time being, <laughs> no. But because usually when you're in that autumn or going into winter phase, um, that kind of um, no bullshit approach because of the that lowering oxytocin and all of that makes you more decisive. Mm. So I'm not sure. Mm. What season are you in? I'm in winter. I'm first day of winter. Woo! Yeah. yeah. So it feels very fitting to start our first episode. While I'm bleeding, I feel <laughs> very connected to the podcast right now. Good. The um, flowing. You're yeah, flowing. flowing. You're flowing on the flow. Yeah. Should and we get you a cake when anyone's flowing on the flow or something? Yeah. I'm I really say no. we don't have one today then. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, this is a great example of how I am being easier on myself because I know where I am, especially being day one of my period. I had a good morning. I was very on top of all my tasks. And then as the day went on um, and my period hit kind of in the afternoon, then that's where my productivity went down. But I wasn't, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a cup of tea. I'm just going to like do some easy jobs and let myself be. Nice. So Yeah. Imagine if workplaces that worked on a, a menstrual cycle as well. So like all the employees, I say all the employees would have different cycles, mm. but imagine if their projects were kind of like tasks were due at points in the month where, you know, you'd, you'd have the clarity to finalise things before the, you completed them or in the creative phase, that was the start of the project. I like it. I feel like it would be more productive. Oh, Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I think so. I find uh, in terms of the season that I notice the most is um, my autumn to winter transition. Right. So I find mm. that I, if I'm having a particularly like tumultuous autumn, 
it's because I was chatting with a friend of mine about this and I think it's just excellent to think about it. I was saying to her, I was like, I want my period to come. I just want it to come because I want, I want this to be over. I feel like it, I'm ready for it. You know, I feel like I've dealt with all the things I need to. And she goes, no, your body's telling you, you haven't dealt with something that you need to deal with before you start bleeding. And there was like one more thing I needed to do. I think it was like a conversation I had to have with someone. And then the next day my period came and mm. I felt great. Awesome. I love that. Mm. And I think I can relate as well because I get really irritated and very short for about two days. Mm. Then there's one day and I'm feeling a little bit better. And then I'm also quite reflective on the energy and the the like discomfort I had in autumn Mm. and then the next day my period will come and it will just feel so cleansing yeah and it's almost like a fresh slate has been made of oh wow I can see clearly now and you I I think it's a really good thing to know exactly when your autumn hits as well because you know that there's nothing to regret it's just that you have a new set of vision on Mm -hmm. you've got like you're wearing a pair of goggles Mm. that everything is just very um I guess baseline, like mm-hmm. you don't, yeah, you cut through all the bullshit. Yeah. And then when you hit winter, you're like, oh, that's why, you know, this was just not fitting with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find that in autumn, I'm much less tolerant to um, like a lot of social interactions in one day, like talking to new people and, and networking, for example, like when we had um, our period summit a couple of weeks ago, that was in the dead of my autumn. And by the end of that day, I was so exhausted just because it, that it wasn't the time for me to be socializing. And obviously like, that's a perfect example of where you can't really change what's going. Mm. I'm not going to call up, you know, (laughs) sorry, organize and be like, guys, I'm in my autumn. Can you just change it? (laughs) Um, but I was easy on myself. I was like, you know what? I didn't go up to that person I wanted to speak to, but that's because I was really tired. So Mm. And that's okay. Exactly. Absolutely. And I think also relating to winter is probably an important point to make that if you are uh, forced to be or say or not partaking in general life activities that you usually would because of severe pain, that's different and you Mm. should – look into that further because it, it could be a sign of something underlying like endometriosis and we'll do lots of episodes about endo in the coming weeks um but yeah there's a difference between being taking um being gentle with yourself because you're low on energy mm. to being forced to take yourself out of class or work because you're in such severe pain mm. um so yeah just just wanted to flag that. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's a definitely a note to just be honest. I love mm. the the fact that this mentality just allows you to be honest with yourself mm. and you can say like, you know what? No, I am in so much pain. Why the hell am I signing up to this or, you know, doing this, that and the other? And if you're honest, then you're more likely to actually listen to the body and take those signs as something to, to manage. Mm. I think a second thing to flag as well is for our listeners who are on hormonal birth control, that they might not experience some of the symptoms that we have been speaking about because you're not really on a natural cycle. You might have, you might experience a couple of these um, depending on what pill you are on or what form of contraception you're on. But there are quite a few that regulate your hormones, which means that you don't get those um, highs and lows that we were just discussing. Yeah. And I think um, ovulation is often very rare on a lot of contraception as well. So um, because of that, yeah, the hormones are just not as like peaking. But mm. I think 
regardless, it's such a good mentality to to hook into regardless of what your natural or unnatural cycle is like because life is seasonal and I think it's just a really great tool to use regardless of how it matches directly with your, you know, monthly cycle. Mm, Exactly, Mm. yeah. Mm. So just a summary for our listeners, we've got summer, ovulation, autumn, luteal phase, winter, menstruation, spring, follicular phase. So we will talk about that at the beginning of every episode and we really hope that you use it in conversations of your own. Mm. And we'll be talking about it in less depth than that. <laughs> oh, yeah, much less depth. This is just to kick it off and for everyone to understand what we're talking about. <laughs> hey, guys, just jumping in here to say a big thank you to our first sponsor, Spark at the Whitmore. Spark is one of Australia's first female-founded and led brew pubs. Their pub meals are next level. They have delicious beverage options, my favourite being the hard lemonade and host incredible events and artists in their funky space located at 317 Morfitt Street, Adelaide. Without sponsors like Spark, this episode wouldn't be possible. So thank you so much. The next part of this episode that we want to move on to kind of focuses on some of the more positive aspects of periods and why we love them kind of follows on really nicely from this conversation we're just having about the seasons but we wanted to flag this because in the series we're going to be talking a lot about the negative aspects of periods like we mentioned endo some of the connections with your personal experiences and how menstruation can bring up a lot of negative feelings for people or whether it be because people are living in period poverty and their period is such a horrible time for them. So obviously all of these experiences are totally valid and they're real and like we said we'll be discussing them but we wanted to kick off this first episode by just chatting about a couple of things that we love about our periods and why we think they're so important for your health. So for those of us who can celebrate our periods uh, let's start right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I want to kick this off with a quote from our feminist queen, Gloria Steinem. Um, (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Gloria Steinem was the face of the feminist revolution in the 70s. So this poem was written years ago. And considering that, it's also important to note uh, that at that point, there was very, very little advocacy around gender identity. And we just want to make it very clear uh, that not everyone who bleeds identifies as female uh, and not every female bleeds. And that's something we believe very wholeheartedly at Taboo. Um, But just in this context of this poem, uh, she does describe um, the female and the male group quite distinctively. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're going to talk to that but um, knowing, obviously, what I've just explained before. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, this is a um, quote about how men would celebrate their periods if they have them, and I think it just puts this whole thing into perspective so beautifully. So what would happen if suddenly, magically, men could menstruate and women could not? Clearly, menstruation would become an enviable, worthy, masculine event. Men would brag about how long and how much. Young boys would talk about it as the envied beginning of manhood. Gifts, religious ceremonies, family dinners and stag parties would mark the day. To prevent monthly work loss among the powerful, Congress would fund a National Institute of Dysmenorrhea. Doctors would research little about heart attacks from which men would be hormonally protected but everything about cramps. Sanitary supplies would be federally funded and free. 
Menopause would be celebrated as a positive event, the symbol that men had accumulated enough years of cyclical wisdom to need no more. That's pretty powerful, wasn't it? So powerful. Mm. Every time I hear it, I just get goosebumps and it also makes me really sad. Like the potential that we have to celebrate the existence of our being Mm. as humans and, and reproducing humans. You know, it's not everything. We're not born to reproduce, but it is such a such a huge part of everyone's culture, everyone's life, because everyone has a life because of menstruation. Mm. It's amazing to think about what our world would be like if we did celebrate it. Yeah. I think the quote at the end about the about menopause yeah. and, you know, mm. you've achieved enough cyclical wisdom to not need a period anymore. Mm. I think that's incredible because menopause is spoken about in such a negative light or it's not really it's, spoken it's about, it's at, spoken all. about yeah. it at all. Yeah. So I love that concept and I think that's something that I um, really, when I read that, it really changed my view on menopause just almost instantly. Mm, I agree. And I think the beautiful thing about it is that every line of that poem mm. has such – depth to it and so you could we could do a podcast on each line of that poem Mm. um there was one one line there that that talked about heart attacks and the um and where we where we funnel our funding for research um and estrogen fun fact (laughs) is a protective factor for heart attacks what that's saying is that if men had their period they'd be cardio protected which means that we wouldn't have so much funding in yeah. in heart attacks. So it's just like right. there's so many details in there that is just so interesting. Mm. Or aspects of society that right now we don't even realise are taking away from, you know, for example, mm. looking more into research for cramps and, and menstrual yeah. pain. And um, I feel like the, the part about uh, sanitary supplies being federally funded and <laughs> yeah. free is so topical for who we are. Can you imagine like... That'd be incredible. Mm. It would just make it so much – like imagine growing up, getting your first period and there's just product everywhere, every every corner of public spaces and all through your school. Mm. You wouldn't feel like you were the outlier, you were the odd one. I remember feeling so – and I think a lot of people can relate to the first period being quite isolating because you're like, oh, maybe a handful of my friends have the experience but it's nothing you talk about and I have to hide my product, my like – you know, safety pads in this little compartment mm. in my bag. If if it was federally funded, I think there would just be so much more instant equality within the mm. the gender gaps in, in in kids and then obviously flow on effects to adults. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot, comparing pads with toilet paper and just considering the fact that we don't have to bring our own toilet paper um, to school or to work in our pocket or our backpack um that just that image in itself is bizarre but then we we do for pads and tampons um but it's just so normal where we don't even consider or challenge it but I think you're right Eloise it's it's not just the practical having the product there it's all the subliminal messaging that it that it brings Mm. um just being accommodated for and considered which you could argue yeah generally speaking, women haven't been accommodated for. And, and if we're, we're thinking about the, the one process that half the population shares and that's still not accommodated for, you can't say that this world isn't isn't designed to, you know. That's true. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. You know? Yeah. I know. <laughs> so 
with that quote in mind, uh, I feel like something that we all need to start doing is thinking about our periods in a more um, beneficial, helpful way, whether you experience them horribly or not. Um, I think it's really important to think about your periods as an indicator of your health. Mm. Um, They're a monthly report card really, of how your body's tracking, what you've been putting it through, what it needs, what it needs to get rid of. Um, I think something that I find really helpful is is looking at my actual period, um, both it's like my symptoms like cramping, um, breast pain, uh, moodiness, um, cravings, uh, and then as well like the heaviness of it, the colour of my blood, like these are all things that come from my diet, my exercise, my like all of my lifestyle habits. And mm. it's something that I think we all need to become a little bit more in tune to. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like it can even show you if you're dehydrated, if you're drinking enough mm. water. Like I love thinking about periods as a report card. Yeah. And I think it's such a superpower to have this bodily function that kind of shows you like you said, every inch of your life and how you're tracking and what you can improve. And it doesn't have to be a burden either. Like Mm. I think sometimes with more information, we think that we have to do something with it. And sure, it is helpful, but we don't have to every month. But it's so awesome and quite beautiful to know that our body is telling us these messages constantly Mm. and it it is cycle and it, it also is embedded in the most... I guess, human and almost animal way of existence. And mm. it, I love that it also draws me back to just survival and knowing that I'm a human like everyone else. Yeah. And it's a really great um, – humbling is not really the right word, but it, it does just bring you back to your core of, of an animal being of, mm. yep, I've, I've still mm. got this blood to manage and that's mm. cool. And how lucky am I to also have the facilities to manage that well. So for me, I think – it's a huge nod to my privilege and a reminder that I am a you know well resourced person that life's not ending and that mm. I still have a body that functions and it's and it's also telling me how to function better. Yeah, mm. I totally agree with so many of those points. I love the way that it is a process that generations and generations of people before us have gone through. I read mm. a book called the red tent and it's set in like old testament times like thousands of years ago and it's about this community of uh, people and talks about um, a lot of the the women in that community um, or the young girls going through puberty and they go to this red tent and that's where the mothers and the aunties uh guide them through this process of getting their first period um, and then growing up from that and what it means and how to be um, a woman in that community and it's, it's done so beautifully and I think we've actually degressed. Is that a word? Yes, degressed. Sure. It is now. It probably <laughs> is. <laughs> um, degressed uh, in, in a sense that we... Regressed. Regressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting me through that before. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, think, I think we had it right at, at one point. But that being said, there are issues with certain traditions around periods and it's interesting to to talk about them because some um do put women at risk so Mm. if if a woman is going to be you know at risk in a tent that she's isolating in while she's bleeding uh there's beautiful nods to tradition and culture um and perhaps that's something that she chooses and wants to do but then if there's 
a snake or a fire hazard or if she has she's um, at risk of being assaulted in that space, then of course that's not okay. But what I'm saying is that there's such a huge culture around it and mm. I really like tapping into it and the history of it all. Yeah. I find it really interesting how the particularly the colour of your blood um, can really indicate your health and can also be a warning sign for yeah. something a little bit more serious. Like, for example, if the colour of your menstrual blood is quite dark almost like a bit brownish while you're in your full flow that could be a sign that there's some old blood there and something's not really functioning right in your Mm. uterus and then if you've got like really bright red blood that means you know everything's going really well you're tracking well that month you've fueled your body well um you know it's it's crazy how even just a Mm. color can be a sign for you yeah I must say I was very excited for my first period in the sense that it it made me feel like my body was strong enough and mature enough to you know have a baby Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't want a baby still don't want a baby (laughs) but it was cool to to reach that I guess stage it's a new stage of life milestone yeah yeah I remember when I got my first period in primary school I was dying to get it because all my friends had it at the time I was like the late bloomer even though I was barely 13 but I remember walking into the girls bathroom (laughs) pad in hand like fanning my face and being like (laughs) sorry guys I'm just going to go change my move. Yeah, I need to use the toilet. (laughs) But it was funny because at that time, you know, I was at a co-ed school. Obviously, outside of the bathroom, I was not like that at all. I was doing the usual, like, just shove it in the pocket. But when once I got into the bathroom, into that space full of, you know, people who were going through the exact same thing as me, I was like, oh, these are my, this is my community. Like, you know, my crew. And I'm the queen. Hey, check out my blood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... No, I, honestly, this whole conversation is just um, a way for us to implore you to please get in touch with your period, get in touch with your body. It's one of the best things you can do and it has changed the way we have thought about our bodies, our health for the better. It's incredible. Amen. Amen. We highly recommend. <laughs> well, guys, that brings us to the end of our first episode. First potty. Yeah. If you've Weird. made it this far, guys, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> those last stragglers yeah. in the end. Yeah. Hello. Shout out to you. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today for this first episode of the Flow by Taboo Period Products. Please leave a review of our podcast and give us a rating. Share it with your friends. Get the word out there that we are chatting onto some microphones because yeah. honestly, we'll make a world of difference for us. On our social media, we are going to post a question box and we'd love to hear what season you're in. So on the first day that this episode is launched, jump to our Instagram and and let us know. Follow us at Taboo Period Products on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well because that makes a big difference. We want to grow our little community here. We will be uploading new episodes every Wednesday. So we'll see you then. But in the meantime, enjoy your flow. Enjoy your flow.